What image is conjured up in your mind when I say the word leader? Chances are this word triggers thoughts of a great man or woman, someone whose others follow without hesitation into battle, fall in line with to fight for civil rights, or work tirelessly for to pursue an inspiring dream or vision. Now, what or who comes to mind when I say the word manager? This might be something entirely different. You might think of your own manager at work, or you might think of someone like Bill Lumberg, the infamous manager from the movie Office Space, or maybe the pointy-haired boss from the comic Dilbert. Regardless of what your personal theories of leadership and management are, today we're going to unpack these concepts and hopefully redefine your views on this topic. I'm Nicholas Bremner. I'm Jose Espinoza. And you're listening to Mind Your Work. A podcast about social science and work, and what happens when you put these things together. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about leadership and management. And first, we're going to chat about whether you can be made a leader or whether you're just born that way. Next, we'll cover what is the difference between management and leadership, and is there any difference at all? We're also going to talk about one version of leadership, transformational leadership, that is well-known and it's a really effective way of describing leadership. And finally, we're going to give you some advice as to exactly what you need to do if you want to become a better leader yourself. Let's first talk about if leaders are born or if they're made. Originally, researchers believed that leadership was a property of extraordinary individuals who were born with certain characteristics. And these individuals were so important that their decisions could actually change the course of history. This was really the dominant mindset back in the 1800s. And people started studying leadership in terms of physical characteristics like someone's height, uh, the tone of their voice. So people with deeper voices were usually considered to be better leaders. Um, and their general attractiveness and fitness. And research like this continued on until about the 1940s or 50s when some influential review papers came out and really kind of debunked that concept that it's not really about these inherent genetic characteristics that people are born with that predict effective leadership. It's something else entirely. It's actually not surprising that researchers started approaching leadership from this direction because there's other research summarized by Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, that suggests that we're actually wired to make snap judgments about someone's ability and competence and trustworthiness. He describes research that found that in as little of one-tenth of a second, when viewing someone's face, people make snap judgments about their competence, trustworthiness, and dominance based on how broad their jawline is, the kind of facial expression they have, and so on. And this research has actually been translated into research on people's voting behavior for political candidates. And really what was found is that the less information someone has about a person's actual behavior or trustworthiness, they're more likely to rely on their physical characteristics. So if someone has a more broad chin or a slightly confident smile, they're more likely to perceive them as competent individuals. So because we're generally wired to naturally associate physical traits with behavioral characteristics, it's not surprising that we started in this way. However, leadership is really about the behaviors themselves and not about how someone looks. So obviously, like Nick just mentioned, we probably shouldn't judge a book by its cover when it comes to leadership. Instead, researchers ultimately started moving away from these trait-based notions of leadership towards focusing on behaviors. And one of the early theories of behaviors were developed at Ohio State University. And basically their idea was, well, if we can't figure out exactly what it is about leadership that might be housed in someone's trait or their physical characteristics, 
we should instead look at the things that they do. And they came up with two really broad categories of behavior that we think are good ways to start thinking about leadership. And they called them initiating structure and consideration. They sound a little complicated, but really all that they mean is that if you engage in initiating structure as a leader, you're basically telling people what are their roles in terms of work, what are the patterns that they expect from you in terms of behavior, how they should communicate, how should they share information. You're basically doing all of the organization stuff. And that sounds to me quite a bit like what we think of in terms of what management might be. Now, something like initiating structure might sound a little bit like bossiness. You're telling someone what to do, where to go, what your role is. But actually, having that amount of clarity about what your role is, what your goals are, what you should be doing, is a really important factor for employees. We need to know what our role is in a work environment. And so a good manager who can help clarify that is actually a really important thing to have for most employees. On the other hand, they talked about consideration as being the kinds of behaviors that a leader does that show concern and show respect for their followers. They tend to be the kinds of leaders that go out of their way and do things like ask about their employees' welfare. And that, to me, appears to be the kind of thing that we often focus on when we talk about leadership. So considering these two broad buckets of behavior, structure and consideration, are a good place to start to think about what is the difference and what is shared by management and leadership. So if you put these two things together, what do you end up with? Really, you end up with a competent manager who's able to tell you very clearly what your role should be, but also gives consideration to who you are as a person, respects you, communicates what your goals are, what your role is in a very polite way, and really kind of cares about who you are and has some kind of interest in your development as well. And when you put it that way, I think what's interesting is that those structure behaviors are the kinds of behaviors that we expect managers to do all the time, to do them regardless. Just because you have this title as a manager, we expect you to be able to tell people what their roles are and exactly how they should be approaching the work. On the other hand, we tend to think of people as going beyond that and becoming leaders when they start doing all of these consideration behaviors. But still, both of these buckets are filled with just that, behaviors. This means that essentially anybody with the right knowledge and the right training could potentially learn how to engage in these behaviors. But it's not just about doing them. It's about knowing when to do them. I find an easy way to think about this is by using the analogy of a deck of cards. If you treat every single card in that deck as a potential leadership behavior, as you learn different leadership behaviors, as you learn about them, you're picking up various cards from the deck and putting them into your hand. So you have more options in terms of what you could do as a leader. But then you also have to learn about when is the appropriate time to actually play these cards? And you have to get good at playing them. And that really comes into the whole aspect of experience where you need to learn about when to engage in things, get feedback about how your performance was and learn from that and develop. And so as you continue to grow and become more seasoned as a leader, your hand of cards will get better, but your, your playing ability will also get better. And there are some dispositions um, across people who are more likely to acquire a better hand faster. But that's just because they have a willingness to engage in certain behaviors and try them out so they can learn faster. Basically, what we want you to take away from this is that management is not a dirty word. You need to engage in management type behaviors in order for you to ultimately be an effective leader. You're also going to have to be considerate and care about your employees to some extent. But the little bit that we've left out is that leadership is also about motivating and inspiring your employees. And transformational leadership is one really good way to think about that.
So next, we're going to talk about transformational leadership, which is a theory that really tries to explain leadership in the way that we all think about it. It's about charismatic people, people who we all want to be around, who really arouse strong emotion, who are inspiring, who are the kinds of people that we all consider to be our prototypical leader. And really, transformational leadership works as a really good way to explain that because it actually breaks it down into a series of behaviors that we think are really easy to understand. If we were to break transformational leadership down into a series of behaviors, we'd really be talking about communicating a compelling vision that the leader's passionate about. It would be about walking the talk and really demonstrating accountability and integrity and serving as an inspirational role model. It would also be about encouraging your followers to think outside the box and think creatively, but it would also be about paying close attention to each person who you work with and treat them as individuals rather than as a general group. And the net result of this is that if you have an individual who engages in all these behaviors, they're going to end up inspiring and motivating the people around them. And that's truly what leadership is about. It's about influencing and motivating the people around you. And the research really backs up transformational leadership. I've been very good at just that, motivating people to behave in a manner that is productive. It turns out that the research suggests that transformational leaders have influence and impact on individuals' performance, on performance on a team level, performance for the department, and performance for a firm as a whole. And performance really covers quite a broad range of criteria when it comes to transformational leadership. It means doing your job and doing it well. But it also means that your employees are more likely to go out of their way to do the extra kinds of things that you want them to do. They're more likely to innovate and go beyond exactly what's in their job description. So really transformational leadership hits kind of all of the marks that you would want in terms of outcomes when you're looking for the model leader that you want in your organization. Even looking beyond the concept of good performance and productivity, there's also evidence to suggest that transformational leaders actually help improve the mental well-being and happiness of those around them. So why is transformational leadership so effective? Well, as we alluded to, it's really about motivating people. When someone engages in different transformational leadership behaviors, the people around them are more likely to identify with the cause or with the leader very closely. And this leads people to really become motivated and mobilized towards that cause and really just go beyond your traditional concept of performance, do extra things, potentially work extra hours and so on. So transformational leadership really provides a set of behaviors that are the answer to a lot of the questions we have in terms of what we need to do to get the best out of employees and really to have a better environment at work overall. There's probably something to the saying that people often quit their bosses and not their jobs. Leaders play a major role in the environments that we work in and whether we enjoy being there. So next, we want to make sure we cover what are the kinds of things that we can do to improve leadership itself. Now, this is not homework, but we think there are a few things you could do right after you finish listening to this podcast to work on your own leadership skills. So first of all, go to our show notes and you'll find that we've left you an infographic. This infographic summarizes what we've spoken about today. You might be wondering what the connection is between initiating structure, consideration, and transformational leadership. If you're interested in improving your leadership abilities, one thing you can do is using this infographic as a guide, write down three things that you do really well. 
These could be things that you do frequently, things that other people have complimented you on in the past, and so on. In addition, write down three things within this framework that you feel like you could do better on. These are things that you might be nervous about or maybe don't feel quite confident doing very often. And with that information in hand, put it aside and then we want you to go back to work and maybe talk to one of your peers, talk to one of your direct reports, maybe talk to someone who is directly above you and ask them to do the same. Have them look at this infographic and offer three behaviors that they think you've been doing and you do really well and three others that maybe you could try and improve on. What we're suggesting you do here is actually a miniature version of multi-source or 360 degree feedback. This is a really useful technique because you're gathering different perspectives from individuals who can tell you unique things about your performance because they've seen you acting as a leader in different contexts. And ideally, because you're going to be using the information on the infographic as a guide, you're going to be receiving the kind of feedback that is evidence-based. You'll know whether you're engaging in the series of behaviors that research suggests work in terms of improving performance and improving whether people are satisfied working with you or not. The kind of feedback that you get after this exercise will be really helpful for making a personal development plan. It'll help you set goals around leadership behaviors that you don't quite feel comfortable doing and will help you realize some of the areas that you could develop in. Once you've had the opportunity to go through your feedback, we'd really love to hear what you found. Maybe you found something that was really surprising. Perhaps you're much better at a certain kind of behavior than you thought, or you've been able to really pinpoint a few spots where you could have used some improvement. Make sure you reach out to us on Twitter at MindYourWork.io. If you like what you heard and you want to hear some more, visit our website at MindYourWork.io. If you want to learn more about yourself, we actually have a two-part series on personality. In these episodes, we tell you about what personality is, coach you on how to take a personality test, and how to actually interpret your results. I'm Nicholas. I'm Jose. I will see you soon. And then we just like, you know, fly away using umbrellas. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is a transformational leader. Oh yeah, there you go. She's she was like the kids were, you know, were encouraged to be innovative and be self-sufficient. Yeah, they're totally enamored with her. <laughs>